I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Your Business Boost podcast. Now, I just wanted to take a very quick moment before we get into today's episode to say a huge thank you. Thank you so much to you, to all of the women who got in contact with me following my milestone episode last week, episode 50. Oh my God, I'm recording this three days after that episode went out and I am still getting emails, DMs, comments on social media from you just telling me how much you are enjoying the podcast, how much it's helping you, what you're getting out of it, who your favorite guests have been, what you want to hear more of. And the most comments I think that I got were suggestions for what I should do for episode 100. Um, So they have all gone into the ideas bank and um, we've got a little while to go yet, but um, I'm really, really pumped to bring the next 50 episodes to you and beyond and just feel enormous sense of appreciation for you being here every week and sharing in that celebration with me. It was just really, really wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And as my gift to you, I am bringing you such a fabulous guest today. This woman is a success by anyone's standards. She is uh, She's an award-winning entrepreneur. She's a digital educator. She's a straight-talking SEO and copywriting coach. She's an author. She's a podcaster. And she is a very, very entertaining and in-demand speaker. Kate Toon is my guest. She has over two decades of experience in all things advertising and content, and her mission is to help other business owners create their own version of online success. So she does this through um, her private membership group, the Digital Master Chefs. She has the Recipe for SEO Success course, which I know dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have been through that. Uh, she has her Clever Copywriting School. But you, I am certain, in some way, shape or form, have um, interacted with Kate's content in some way because I do not know a single copywriter, digital marketer, social media manager. I don't know anyone who has not been impacted or used any of Kate's incredible resources uh, that she has created over the years for for these business owners. And, um, you know, I guess 
Look, there are so many things that Kate and I could have talked about, um, given that she is the queen of SEO and copywriting. I thought, you know, we could have done a little bit of a a how-to in that realm. But um, when we got talking about, you know, what we were going to cover in the episode and with the spirit of this podcast being about what it's really like to build a successful business – Uh, I thought there was no one better who would be as open and as willing to talk about what it's really like at the summit, at the top, what it's like up there and share the story of what it was like to actually climb there. And that is absolutely what Kate has done in our interview. You'll hear she is an open book. She speaks really honestly about how she has built her successful business and outlasted many, many, many fly-by-nights as they have come and gone over the years that she she has been established. Um, she's got a really, like, it's a really refreshingly unique attitude to, to being a success. And I, I just, I really can't wait for you to hear what she has to say about this. Um, you know, we talk about the importance of persistence uh, over consistency in business and finding the joy in the struggle. She's got some uh, pretty, uh, I guess, unconventional strategies um, that have had some a really positive impact on her business. Um, and look, on Truthfully, I'm actually not going to talk anymore because this has been the most fun I have ever had interviewing anyone ever. Kate is hilarious. She's honest to the core. And I know that if she's not already in your world after listening to this conversation, you're going to love Kate as much as I do. Um, uh, before we kick into the interview, sorry, I should have said this at the beginning, but I do want to just quickly mention that registrations are open for my quarterly planning day, which is taking place on Friday, the 1st of April. The link's in the show notes. I'm not going to go into too much detail here because I want to get stuck into the interview with Kate, but um, this is your chance to get yourself on track if you have lost your way a little bit like so many people have um, at the beginning of the year. Let's get you back on track for quarter two. All the details are in the link, but now I'm going to get stuck in to my chat with the utterly fabulous Kate Toon. Kate Toon, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Everyone loves a business story. So would you mind sharing yours for our listeners, please? Okay, I'll be short and sweet because everyone loves a story, but not one that goes on and on, right? Correct, yes. Correct. So I started off in the world of events um, and then they invented this thing called the internet. Do you remember when that happened? It was I, a while back. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I'm pretty old. Um, I was working in events and one of our events needed this thing called a website. So we found this company that were making these crazy new things called a website. And I thought, I want to work for them. Jump ship, work for them. And the first website I ever built was the Marks and Spencer's website. <gasps> no way. I worked yeah. at House of Fraser. I was in competition you to you. <laughs> 
Or a bit more Lala. Although Marks and Spencer's is pretty Lala. House of Fraser is super Lala. It, it, I think it was like a, a little, it wasn't as, as Lala as, you know, Selfridges and, no. and those ones, but there's yeah. A, there's a hierarchy, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I built that and then I came across to Australia and I was, you know, dubbed a digital marketing expert because Australia was a little bit behind the curve back then. Worked at Ogilvy for several years on big brands like American Express and, you know, Qantas. Went back to the UK and then came back again. And uh, when I came back here, I was doing contracting and uh, then I got pregnant. So in about 2009, I started my own business as a copywriter with a focus on helping people be found on Google, with a focus on search engine optimization. That was my niche. I did that for about five years while my son was very little. And then when he went to school, I thought, I want to do something different. So that's when I started my course, my big course, The Recipe for SEO Success. I started my communities, my podcasts. And then I guess the last seven years have just been an evolution from there, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I love how you call yourself a misfit entrepreneur. But, you know, from from my point of view and, and all the dozens and dozens of women who, you know, we cross paths with in our, in our business life, you actually tick all the boxes of like, you know, super successful entrepreneur. And look, in the, in the amount of time that you have been doing what you've been doing there have, I'm sure you've seen all the fly by nights, the ones that come and go and launch with a bang and then disappear in a puff of smoke. Um, So what do you think that it is that's contributed to the sustainable growth that you've had over those years? I mean, I think you've literally said what it is. I've clung on like on that bit of wood. (laughs) On Titanic. (laughs) I've a few Leonardo DiCaprio's off the side. No, I haven't really. I've just clung on. And I think I have this ability to respond pretty well to failure and to turn up the next day, regardless of how the previous day went. And what I mean by that is I, there's a great poem by Rudyard Kipling called If, which is about, you know, treating success and failure both the same. So if I, you know, there's been days where I've had a hugely successful launch, you know, made $150,000 in eight hours. And of course, what I should do the next day is lie in a bath of champagne and do nothing for a month. But I don't, I take a moment, I pat myself on the bottom and then the next day I come in and I reconcile my zero and stuff things in envelopes. And then on another day, I might have a complete flop and I could go away and cry about that. But the next day I don't. I come back in and reconcile my zero and stuff things in envelopes. So it's the turning up. It's persistence, not consistency necessarily in terms of doing the same thing every week. It's just turning up again and again and not letting your good times or bad times really steer you too far either way I think yeah did you I mean truth I I, I want to know the truth here. like it was there ever a time that you laid around in the bath of champagne or that you went into a, a, a hole after after a flop because I you know obviously I, I I mop up a lot of tears in 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 the work that I do um and and I know exactly what you mean about the well you know the you know I love it the next day like let's get real and let's balance um our books in zero but was there ever a time when you when you didn't when you weren't like this oh yeah I mean in terms of failure um you know it's usually not been my failures that have impacted me but it's more like I was very impacted by other people's successes Mm 
the whole idea yeah. that you know someone else's candle doesn't blow out your candle I was like yeah it, it blows out my candle and it wheeze on it and it buries it in the bin you know like I took too much notice of other people and that has swayed me in a negative way in terms of success yeah I think I had a whole year where I was really up my own bottom uh-huh I I lost a little bit of weight. I'd started to do some public speaking. I got invited to speak in New York and Amsterdam. And I think I started to think I was pretty cool, you know? I was yes. like, I'm like a real entrepreneur. I've got handbags and things that match my shoes. I'm having blow dries. I'm amazing. And um, thankfully, this sounds really awful, but in a way, COVID hits. And it knocked the stuffing out of me and my business and brought me back down to earth in a way that I really actually needed. So yeah, I've been, I've, I've, I have definitely had both. I try to move on from those, but yeah, definitely. I'm not perfect. Thank thank (laughs) you. Thank you for sharing that. I love that you were so open about getting up your own ass um, because it, I see it happen I do and that can be as dangerous as as the you know the failed launch or 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 whatever because it's like I see people lose touch with their clients and like there's this untouchable did you did you find that yourself like yeah I mean I mean we were talking earlier on about like the early days of uh you know flying solo and Robert Garish he's one of the few people who I kind of really look up to in business she's such a lovely person and yeah. then, you know, as I was kind of rising up the ranks, similar people have kind of risen up the ranks with me. And they're kind of the names that you would know on social media. But I knew them when they were rubbish. And the truth is that they still are a bit because we all are. So I am very lucky in that I rub shoulders with some of these people who other people think are amazing and have 40,000 followers on Instagram. Mm. I know them in real life and know all their insecurities and worries and that they're just like us. Mm. And that's helped me a lot. But I would see if I was someone new starting out today and I'd see these people who have such huge followings and everything they touch seems to turn to gold that I'd think, well, how can I ever be part of that? And you just have to understand that they were you once. Yeah. You know? They just kept on going. And yeah. the, um, but as you said, maybe there were 100 people who started off when I did, and maybe there's 20 left. There's 20 people left. People don't stay around, you know? Yeah. You know, me personally, I look up to you because you are like, you're a stayer. You have stayed the course when so many before you have, have fallen by the wayside. Or, you know, they're like, the, like you get the spike, the woohoo, and yeah. then it's like, that, that, and it's hard, isn't it, Michelle? Yeah. You know, this helping other businesses. You know, I've had lulls. I think, you know, COVID impacted all of us. And mm-hmm. sometimes I do think, how much longer can I keep doing this? I'm on my 20, I think, third launch of the recipe course. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, and, you know, each time I try and do something a little bit different, we change up the socials, but essentially it's the same thing. And it's mm-hmm. the same course. I update the course every year. Um, and it's like, how can I engender the level of excitement? And how can I find the joy? You know, that's kind of, can I hold this part of my business in my hand and say, this gives me joy? Marie Kondo, my business. And yeah. sometimes I struggle with that. I but I, always, I, I think that's another really important thing. It's about sticking around. It's about being Kate Winslet on that bit of wood. It's also about being able to find the joy in the struggle and in the small things. If you're living for the big launch, if you're living for speaking at events and the lunches, you know those lunches you go to where you get the bag and it's full of tissue paper and shit? If you're living for that part of the business, you're gonna be very unhappy because most of business is boring, 
repetitive and drudgy. That doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, yeah. sexually lucky, but you have to appreciate the struggle. So at being the, the creative Wonder Woman that you are, how does a creative person manage that monotony and the having to be consistent and persistent where's what happens with all that creative energy well I mean I'm, I'm watching your reels like they're brilliant so <laughs> is, has that been a great outlet for you or is that just a, uh, a big distraction that is, you're so right because literally last year I made last year the year of nothing new and so all we did was we went through and we improved systems and processes. We rewrote emails. I've got 50 templates in my copy shop. We redid every single one of them, put them back into the store. Boring, drudgy work. But then every once in a while, I'll just say, right, team, I want to make a range of details and send them out to people. Um, and so I'll have little flights of fancy. I allow myself occasionally to go and speak at uh, events. Reels is just the absolute, it's the tits. I love it. So as my computer is warming up in the morning, it takes ages to everything to switch on. Yeah. I make a reel. And as you said, it gets a little bit of that creative juice out. Um, I've also just hired two people to take over the, some of the drudge. Uh, that sounds bad. They have, they have amazing jobs with wonderful jobs. Yeah. But that's going to allow me to write my book. And that's where I'm going to, because I'm a writer at heart, and that's where I get most of my creative joy. I really enjoy just moving words around and successfully placing a semicolon. I get a lot of joy out of just that. So, yeah, and writing just silly social media posts, you know, you get your kicks. You find yeah. ways to get your kicks. Find your ways to get your kicks. I love it. And I, something that you do really beautifully it is, is built, you know, you've built an incredible community and I think you know there's a lot of emphasis in the digital space of you know build a community create a membership have a Facebook group and that's the silver bullet and you know what is involved in maintaining that I, I would love to hear like how you've done it how you've I mean you touched on the fact that you've hired people so I'm assuming there's other people involved but what do you think the secret sauce is again so that it doesn't become a drudge, a pain, which is where it kind of falls by the wayside with a lot of entrepreneurs because it's like, I don't want to look after that anymore. I want to go after the next bright, shiny thing because, you know, your community love you. They love you. So what do you do? Tell us. I'm sure I've got some hate members in there. <laughs> <laughs> both know that nothing is the silver bullet. It's a cumulative, holistic effect. It's every little touch point. So I think if you start anything thinking it's going to be a silver bullet, it probably won't be. Like everyone's like, write a book, do an event, do a thing. You know, everything could be a silver bullet. But the thing is, you have to want to do the thing regardless. I have three little rules. And it's like, will it make me money? Because this is not my hobby. This is my business. Do people want it? But then the third one is the most important. Will I enjoy it? So I didn't start a community because I thought it would make me millions. I started a community because I wanted a community of people who would help me <laughs> and yeah. support me. And because I enjoy people online, not, not so much in person, I'm going to be honest, but I really enjoy banter. I enjoy sharing silly posts. I don't have a community manager, so I respond to every post myself. Wow. No one online is me. So you'll see my, my, my manager, Leanne, come in, but she comes in as Leanne. As Leanne. Yeah. Wow. I write every comment, but it doesn't mean that every comment is some erudite tip. It might just be like, cool, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like of a cat falling off something. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. And it's, it's a question to ask yourself. 
would you still do this even if it made you no money at all? And for me, that helps me a lot uh, because sometimes things haven't made me money for a long time. Mm. You look at my communities now and they do work and I don't have a big following online compared to some of my competitors, but I have my little groups. Yeah. And in the little groups are loyal and they buy repeatedly from me yeah. interact but the thing is i'll tell you this is a weird thing about me i could probably name about two thousand of the four thousand people in my misfits group i could probably name them in my sleep you know i'll meet someone at an event and she'll say oh michelle and i'll be like michelle broadbent oh michelle broadbent you posted a picture of the cat back in july 2020 it's a weird thing. It's a secret superpower. It is a superpower. And that is that true connection, which has to be there. So for people listening, because I do, I have this conversation a lot with people. They're like, oh, but I don't know if I want to manage it. And it's like, well, then, you know, why are you doing it? There's other, there's easier ways to, easier ways to make money. You have to be really clear what your skills are. So yeah. like, you, you're an amazing coach. You help people with that. I'm not... You know, I don't have the patience for that one-on-one -on -one relationship, helping people through a series of things. I get very frustrated when people don't take action. I can't, I'm not good at that, but I'm good at other things. So I think it's also about thinking about what you, what you enjoy and what you're good at. So what lesson do you keep learning the hard way, Kate? Uh, not to compare myself to others. This is really fascinating to me because I would, uh, well, I know like people, they look up to you and would compare themselves to you. And this is just fascinating that this is a lesson that you have to keep learning. Yeah, I mean, I literally was just at an event, uh, which I was very pleased to be asked to speak at. Uh, it was Tina, Tina Tower, who yes. is a fabulous businesswoman. She well, sure is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, she invited me, she invited Tracy Harris. Uh, who's an Instagram kind of expert, um, uh, Lisa Cordraff, who's like a huge, huge on social. She used yeah. to do anyway, lots of famous, cool people and me. That's literally what I thought, like, I'm the add-on. And then, you know, you get there and I spoke to Lisa and she's like, no, 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 I'm the add-on. And then I speak to Tracy and she's like, I hate speaking at events. I'm, I'm really getting anxiety. I'm the add-on. And it's like, we all thought, possibly not Tina, because Tina's quite confident. We all, and it was her event. But yeah. we all thought we were the odd sock, you know? Um, and, and you know, I was looking at Tracy's outfit and Lisa was like, oh, I just wore trousers and you wore, you know, we're all the same, you know? So yes, I still compare myself to others, often unfavorably. But again, you mentioned earlier, I don't mind the fact that I, I don't want to be negative about myself and I don't want to feel sorry for myself, but a bit of humbleness goes a long way. You know, because I think some people, as you said, do get into kind of a bit of an echo chamber of awesomeness and they start believing their own stuff and they stop learning and they stop pushing, and they stop trying. So I think it's 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 my Achilles. It's my kryptonite, but it is also a superpower as well. You know, yeah. I will look at someone and go, why? What I do now, Michelle, which is a bit different, is before I just go, why are they better than me? I'm rubbish. Instead, now I go, why do I think they're better than me? What do they do? that is making me envious or triggering me because clearly the reason I'm triggered by it is, is I want it in some way. Yeah. And so how can I get it? Or is it really important to me? Like this person just got to fly to America and speak. I'm so jealous. Actually, no, I'm not because I couldn't think of anything think worse. worse. Yeah. So yeah, I break it down more. Yeah. That's very evolved. <laughs> it's really evolved. <laughs> I'm so grown up. You are, though. You are. That is, I mean, that's, yeah, uh, 
like yeah hats off to you for, to be able to do that um because i don't know i know a lot of women who who could Michelle, you know yeah, so am i I know we both are. I've had many years of being an absolute idiot and mm. making mistakes. And, you know, you see the iteration of me now and not the horrible blob of, of anxiety that I've been for so many years. And it's really only in the last couple of years that I've grown up enough to have that self-awareness, to look at not just what I do, but why do I do what I do? Mm. Why do I think what I do is important? And why am I thinking about what I'm thinking of, oh, it's a bit weird. Me, myself, and I. Yeah. At yourself and your behaviour. Mm. So if, if you were starting now, speaking of vintage, uh, <laughs> if you were starting now, what do you think the business would look like if you were starting from scratch now? Um, not dramatically different. I mean, you know, I, would, I don't think I would do anything dramatically different. Um I mean, you know, if I was starting out tomorrow and giving advice to someone starting, I'd say, you know, get out there quicker, be more confident, make more videos, put your face on your stuff. I hid behind, I've got lots of different brand names. I used to have a cartoon avatar, you know, that's because I didn't like the way I looked and I, I thought people wouldn't take me seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'd be braver, but I don't think the business would look dramatically different. Probably I would have one brand rather than 72. Mm. Yeah. Seven blooming social media accounts. It's a pain in the bottom. Yeah. But no, I don't think I'd do anything much different. I think it would be pretty similar. Yeah. Did you did you work with anyone to get brave? Like, you know, in terms of like even just being the face of the the brand. Um was that did was that work all inside of you? Or did you did you have someone kind of, you know, the devil on your shoulder tapping you and just going, hey come on no not really I mean I've never had a mentor I've never mm -hmm. been in a master class or I had a business coach I had a few sessions with Robert Garish yeah where he, he just lets you ring him up and talk to him for half an hour so I had two sessions with him and what he said in those two half hours kept me going for about six years because he's pretty pretty wise he's got a beard you know yeah 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 he is um, he's just yeah he's always looked like that yeah the white the wise like Gandalf wise man saying that but um <laughs> You know what? A lot of it has not come from within, but it's come from within my communities because mm -hmm. I feel like I surround myself with really, I've, I've got one membership, it's called Digital Master Chefs, and we've just had a new intake of people. And I'm actually slightly, I don't embarrassed is not the word, but in awe of some of the people who've joined, because I'm like, what would you possibly think I can teach you? You know, but the thing is, it's not about me teaching them, it's the collective. Yeah. And I think the collective has helped me a lot. Mm. You know, I, I, I try to think about my customers more than my competitors. In the last three years, I've had a really supportive partner, which I didn't have before. And that has helped me so much with a lot of the mindset stuff. Yeah. Having someone that like really loves you and, and says nice things to you helps. Um, so that's been a big part of it, but not a coach necessarily. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. So, so I mean, to, to a lot of people, you are their, their guru, you know, when it comes to copywriting and SEO. And I know that's probably making your skin <laughs> crawl a little bit. But, you know, I said to you off before we started recording that so many women that I know in that world credit you with you know, where they are. You've never had the coach, but who's your guru? Like, do you have, do you have one? Is there, is there one? Is it Robert Garish? <laughs> No, no, He's getting a lot of airplay. <laughs> I'm about this, it'll be 
um, I think I'm inspired by lots of other women, you know, yeah. like, I, I, as I said, when I met Lisa uh, Cordruff, uh -huh. I said that I thought she was really cool, not necessarily for her business acumen, but she's really silly and yeah. really funny. And she's you know, shows that you can be a good business person and be daft. You know, great little tiny lesson from her. There was another mm -hmm. lady called Bridget who has like a tarot card business, and she showed that you don't need to do anything necessarily businessy to be, you know, you pick up little bits from lots of people, like lots of little crumbs, yeah. and then you make your own bread bun. But there's not one worshipful bread bun that I'm following and thinking I want to be the next Amy Porterfield or the next Pat Flynn. I want to be the next version of Kate Toon. Kate Toon. Hopefully slightly better than the old one. Awesome. Awesome. Um, something I wanted to ask you about too, because something we have in common is that we're building our businesses as single mums. And there are women that listen to, to this that, that are in the same boat as well. So I always like to know, how do you make it work? Like you started the business when you weren't a single mum and now you are. So how, how does that all work? I'm, I'm a fake single mum. You're so fake. Oh, what I mean by that is I separate from my partner about three and a half years ago, but it was mm -hmm. crazily amicably, which I know doesn't sound real. We did have a year of being a bit dodge. Mm -hmm. but, um, I've not dodged, but just trying to find our new feet is not in a relationship, but trying to be friends. So we actually still share a house. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah, he, it's called nesting, apparently. It's actually a yes, there is a term for it. Yep. Yeah, so he has yep. a partner who's lovely who I've met yeah. and I have a partner and we're all we're not like best mates we don't go clubbing together <laughs> we're all very amicable our kids are aware of it we don't desperately try and force our children to be friends with the blah 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 but what that means is my uh husband or my ex-husband is still very much involved you know mm -hmm. I am not doing this alone mm -hmm. I am not I, I have full respect for single moms because I'll sometimes have like a weekend where I'm on my own I'm like this is like, how do I make dinner and also go to the shops and yeah. do this? It's like really hard. And just dealing with the emotion of your child and trying to be the good parent and the bad parent. No, I, I, I think I have huge respect for single parents, mums and dads. Mm. But I don't feel like I am a full one of those. I can't I can't wear that badge because I'm very supported um, and I'm very blessed with that. That's so good to hear. That makes me very happy. <laughs> and you have your amazing partner as well who just yeah I, I I love you know I mean it's all it's all on Instagram but I do love seeing you two on your adventures together it's gorgeous it's nice to be you know it's nice to have someone who's got your back it really is yep yep I, I couldn't agree more and I, yeah I'm very happy for you it's awesome so what do you think <laughs> This is the most impactful thing that you've done to boost your business. Um, look, we've talked about it already, but I do think it's the people I've surrounded myself with, the communities, right from when I was a copywriter, probably two years in, I messaged about 35 copywriters off Twitter who I'd never met and said, do you want to have like a gang on Google Plus when it existed? Google Plus, yeah. And about half of them said, who the hell are you? No. Yeah. The other half said, yes. And the rest is history. Like some of these are now the most successful copywriters. Some of them are no longer copywriters. Uh, Belinda was one of them. And she ended up being on the podcast with me for six years. Wow. You know, it was my gang. And that gang, I don't necessarily have a tribe. I have a gang or like, mm. I call it like my Viking board. Um, and I've continued that method throughout my business, creating big gangs or smaller little groups of clever people, you know, women mainly. Yeah. And then big communities, 
and that has helped me on my good days and my bad they're there for me when things are going well when things are going bad and they're there for me when I'm not there at all so they are recommending me talking about me yeah because they're a paid affiliate just because we're a gang because you're a gang yeah that's awesome. Everyone needs a gang. They really, really do. And, you know, I talk to, you know, a lot of very lonely um, yes. business owners and it doesn't, just because you are a solopreneur doesn't mean that you have to, to go it alone. It's, yeah. it's, and it's more fun when you're, when you've got a gang. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the people who maybe you meet day to day at the schoolyard, yeah. or, they don't get it. They don't get what we get. And yet also sometimes the people who totally get you are also doing exactly the same thing as you. And you're worried that if you reach out to them, there's going to be some weird competitiveness. Mm. Generally, I find there isn't. There's yeah. always one odd person who likes to cause trouble. <laughs> Generally, people are so grateful just to have someone else to talk to about these things. Yeah. And um, I, no bad has really ever come out of me reaching out to other people. So I highly recommend that you do. That's great advice. And the final question is I always like to ask our guests to leave our listeners with one recommendation, whether it's, you know, something you've read, watched, listened to, eaten, plates <laughs> you've been to, that's going to boost their business or their life. So what's your recommendation, Kate Toon? One book, the only business, it's not really a business book, but the book, mm. book that I love hugely is called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and It's All Small Stuff. And it's by Richard Carlson. And you can see a very weathered version of it here. I actually buy these in bulk and just randomly give them to people who probably don't want them. Uh, but I, it's, it's a great little book and each lesson is only a page long. While you're having a wee, that book is really important to me. Um, and the other thing is hydration. You said it could be something weird. Yes. No, it's, that's. Yeah. My is this a recent discovery? Yeah. Like uh -huh. water is important. My partner got me this water bottle that flashes colors at you when you haven't had enough to drink and I'm drinking more and I feel better for it so those two tips business book and hydration that was such a weird one it's been a long day that's brilliant I love it <laughs> I love it so how can people get more Kate Toon in their lives uh, if you google Kate Toon you'll either find me or a dentist in Ipswich in the UK so ah. <laughs> one of us could be helpful in different situations Fantastic. Kate, thank you so much for this. I absolutely love this chat. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for being so generous and sharing so openly with our listeners. It's been lovely. I've, I've, I've been listening to your podcast for ages. I'm very honoured to be on it. So thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you. Thanks for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Speak soon.